cool. Orin, you look you look so black metal right now. He looks like such a Hellraiser horror movie. Did, is he frozen? Yeah, is that a frozen Orin? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. He looks so rad. I gotta take a picture of this and send it to him. Definitely on freezing. Because it's it's menacing, man. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, I don't know what happened to Orin. I think, uh, the, the, I don't know. <laughs> okay, whatever. We'll figure I, that it out. That was a loud one. We'll figure it out. <laughs> My hands hurt from that one, so. <laughs> uh, guys, I've been playing the uh, the real-life survival game. It's got three main meters, but lots of little sub-meters. Uh, the first meter is is feeding, right? And you know that that meter is getting low when the baby starts screaming. Uh, the second meter <laughs> is is changing diapers which you also know that that meter is is full and it quite literally so when the baby starts screaming uh the third mm. meter is sleep and that one he seems actually surprisingly good at it I, i've heard babies are not usually great sleepers but but this one does all right uh but yeah my time has been pretty preoccupied these last few weeks uh how are you guys doing I mean, I feel like how I feel is negligible compared to you, Aaron, being a father. The the transition. I love it. Yeah, for me, it's business as usual. For you, it's a whole new life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people say that it is a lot of work and that it is hard. And Mm -hmm. and you you hear that and you're like, okay, I'm ready for a lot of hard work. But it, it's it's uh, it's more just like I never have time to get anything done. Although I did play a lot of Breath of the Wild somehow, but mostly that's baby sleeping, Breath of the Wild time. Uh, otherwise, my gaming has been a little, a little crappy. I've only watched one episode of TV. Uh, I've watched a lot of Linus videos for some reason. That's YouTube's hmm. feeding me those. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm doing all right. You know what's funny? That's good. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of your time, your time thing. Uh, I saw Bill Burr talking about becoming a parent. He said that the uh, He's like, never listen to other parents. They'll all complain at you and tell you how horrible all these different things are. He's like, no, it's amazing. All these things are great. Like, he's like, he's like, you managed to make it all work. It's like, it can be, it's an adjustment in the beginning. But like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I've listened. He's like, you're listening to all these parents complain about all these things their whole lives. And he's like, none of those things were true at all. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I hope I'm not giving off the impression that I'm complaining, but uh, I don't know. No, I, I don't think you're complaining at all. Every single person for the last three months has been like, ha ha ha, get your sleep. Ha ha ha, get your sleep. Like, like to the point where it's just like, it, it's like people telling you, you have red hair. You know what I mean, Kevin? You're like, yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. I have red hair. Uh, yeah, it's, I've had definitely. it my whole life. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> it, we were at Knob Hill and that lady said that, that she said that, Oh, I, I have a friend who has red hair. You're like, Oh really? You know, somebody you were else there too. Red we were, hair? <laughs> that's what you said to her. You were like, sarcastic. I was like, wow, <laughs> sarcastic to the stranger. So <laughs> bluntly, <laughs> you're like, Oh really? That's what you said. You were like, you oh, said, really? Do you think I'm Irish? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, Must I be so, Irish? Yeah. Sorry, this, yeah. this is some only red-haired people who understand stuff. Anyhow, uh, yeah, baby's doing well. Holden Wesley McNair, congratulations on being born. Uh, we'll, uh, he'll, he'll be doing well, I'm sure. But no more of that. Guys, I want to hear about you. I want to hear about the exciting life of a bachelor living in the fast lane, either in you know Northern California or in the uh, suburbs of Chicago. What's going on with you guys? Get <laughs> a lot of gaming and a lot of movie watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, you know me. I'm, I'm all about the media consumption. So, yesterday I decided to like just to get away from my job for a bit. And I saw a couple movies, and um, I saw a Decision to Leave by Park Chan Wook, which was pretty good. Um, didn't quite hit the heights of The Handmaiden for me because that's my favorite one, but mm. still really good. Um, and then I saw Banshees of Inisherin by Martin McDonough, who's made In Bruges, uh, Seven Psychopaths. I think this is his best movie. Like, I was blown away by this movie. So if, if there's one movie you're going to watch this fall season, Banshees of Inisherin is a really great movie. And the premise is so good because the whole premise is this small little hamlet in Ireland. And there's these two friends, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And one day, Brendan Gleeson just decides he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell anymore. And then, you know, 
the drama ensues from there. So a very good movie. I highly recommended. They have a platonic friend breakup. Is that what that is? Basically. And it, it gets kind of existential because it's this small village. So they don't really have a lot of social options. So it's really just like these two guys who are friends. And it's like once that breaks, it's like that's their social life. That's like <laughs> that's their main connection. So <laughs> it's a really interesting premise for a movie. And it's very <laughs> Irish, too. Um, like they <laughs> got the vernacular down per- per- perfectly. Instead of saying fucking, they say feckin'. Like, like drink your feckin' beer. So it's was, it was mm. great. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that it takes place in a small village. Yep, small village, and it, it yeah. Uh, anyway, check that movie out. I don't want to hijack the conversation, but yeah, that that's the best movie I've seen recently. Banshees of Inisherin. Looks good. Yeah, I've, I've been wanting to see it. One day, like I was saying, make a list of movies for me, and in eighteen years, I'll I'll start checking them off. Maybe. Uh, no, hopefully not that long, but. <laughs> Maybe three months. Uh, Kevin, you doing all right? Things things going chill? Yeah. You've been gaming uh, like crazy. Gaming like nonstop. I got in, really into the Halloween mode. and um, yeah. I tend to play games. It's, it's really weird. I do this thing where I will, like, I'll be into something and then I'll not be into something. And then I'll still like it, but I like won't be, like, my focus. Where it's like I got really focused on Resident Evil and started playing it like a fucking crazy person, like, every day. Um in leading up to the Resident Evil Village DLC, uh, which I played a lot of. But I also played Signalis, which is like Resident Evil, <laughs> obviously. And then I also played Bayonetta, which is like a distant, you know, niece or nephew. Like, it's like, it's not really the same thing at all, but it's, the heritage is there. Sure. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been a, a lot of games. I've also been watching Curb Enthusiasm, which is, of course, still great. Yeah, Curb is always a blast. <laughs> I love. I had a friend of mine ask me, "Hey, do you prefer The Office or Friends?" And I was like, "I prefer Curb Your Enthusiasm." There you go. That's the right answer. Thank you much. Yeah, Curb or Peep Show are the only only true answers. Come on. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what's better of those two, actually. Uh, did they the feed a dog to to its owner on Curb? <laughs> <laughs> they do something similar actually do they, or they make jokes I, I was like yeah there's uh, definitely the influence of both Seinfeld and Kerber on Peep Show no question yeah alright well uh, let's talk a little bit about games what game do we want to talk about first guys you want to talk about this Resident Evil 8 stuff sure let's do it so it also takes place in a small village mm. yeah it's a relatively <laughs> small village right <laughs> yeah. um, they've so they released a new DLC, which is like a what? what would you say on like five hour, four hour long? I clocked in at three hours. I played through it twice. The first time I did it on standard right. three hours, and then I did it on hard two hours. So pretty short, but it felt meaty. It was like a, a meaty DLC. So I had read uh, a review. I kind of skimmed through a review by Polygon, and they they were kind of complaining about it. And then I read another review, and they were also complaining about it. So I was like, expect my my expectation was low, but then it was good. <laughs> I was I like, know. oh, I like this. So I I don't know. I don't understand what they were complaining about the reused um, environments, but I actually liked that they remixed the environments. Yeah. So. I, I don't know. agree. No, I thought it was very good expansion i was um pleasantly surprised by it my expectations were also low because so many people were like ah this is like you know it shows that they don't care about the winter saga anymore or whatever and i played it and i actually uh one i loved rose's story it it gets a little cornball but i thought it was like a really nice like father daughter thing and that like i felt i felt the emotions at points in, in a way that felt meaningful but on top of that there's a sequence in this game that I think is maybe like my favorite sequence of anything in Village. Like I, there's just you know what I'm talking about, Kevin. But that one sequence was excellent. <laughs> so I don't want to. I I, I want to talk about that. Maybe we could dive into this more spoilery sometime. But I do. I want to talk about that because because I I had seen it elsewhere. That's this idea, and I was like, "Wow, they 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 did this. This is so cool." Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I know I, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" I don't know um, what you guys are talking about. I haven't played it. Yeah, I know. I don't. I, I don't want to spoil anything for people because it's just this new DLC just came out. But I, yeah. I will say that I really, um, I think starting with RE7, 
uh, I really have to like commend Capcom for like changing what it was, like what like what you expect from Resident Evil, because like I think one through six, not gameplay wise, but like setting and like and like like the the horror vibes are are pretty like consistently similar, like your you know creatures, body horror, that kind of stuff. I think Village kind of has gone new directions, and I think this DLC, this DLC even more so. Like I I was telling Summer, I was like, man, if I had walked in on myself playing some of the sex sequences here and said this is from Resident Evil game, I would not have believed. I'd be like, what? This is Resident Evil? It doesn't look like it. Sex sequences? No, some of these sequences. Oh. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Okay. Uh, But no, I think it's, uh, I think it's well done. I think like, uh, I just think Capcom's doing a good job of like continuously reinventing the franchise in ways that I think are like, um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like the like there's like Resident Evil and there's like Amnesia. I was like the like two huge milestones like in the genre like a survival horror, and I think that they've really like taken a lot of the Amnesia stuff and then kind of like twisted it into their own thing in ways that I think are cool. Hmm. And they did a good job in, in this DLC. I think really yeah. capitalized on that. I think I think that's why I like connect with Resident Evil Seven and Re- especially Resident Evil Village is because as you're saying, I just love the change in setting so much. Like Resident Evil Seven. Like, at the end of the day, one through six are just zombies, right? It's like John Carpenter slash zombies slash, you know, Cronenberg body horror, which I, which I love. But I do love how seven is basically just the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, it, it, like if, you, if you put that, if you called it Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the video game, it would fit. <laughs> and then uh, Resident Evil Village it really just feels like this horror theme park ride. And they, they kind of loosely justify yeah. it with the uh, metamycid and all of that stuff. But, like, it's really just like, okay, now you're doing, like, uh, the vampire stuff. Now you're doing the puppet stuff. <laughs> and I just I just find it very gratifying and entertaining to go through that kind of roller coaster ride. And um, another thing I, I love, too, because I've also been playing through uh, the Ethan Winters Village campaign in third person. And I love how Ethan controls. I just think he feels great to control in third person. And I, I, I just love how the guns feel in this game. I just think like the uh, Colt 45, the uh, M1, uh, what's it, the M1911 or whatever. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. 1911, right? <laughs> 1911. Yeah, sorry. I don't know yeah. my pistols. That, that, that pistol, when it's fully upgraded, just like rips through enemies that, in a way that I find very very gratifying as well so I, i'm really enjoying my replay of resident evil village in third person can we just briefly talk and, and this this is what i was like excited about when they announced this like i think i mentioned like a couple different pods like man this game would be so much better in third person and it is it is so much better <laughs> I, like yes. when i first played it i was like wow i have a new resident evil game to play like this is like a whole it felt like a fresh game and it felt mm. like uh, when i say a new it felt like resident evil i really feel like the first person perspective like I've complained about this before, really, like, killed the feeling of it. And I think with 7, it was okay, because it was, the combat was, like, sparse and slow-paced, but Village is a lot closer to, like, RE4 in terms of its pace. Um, and I really, like, playing this game, I was like, I already thought this before, but, like, it reinforced, like, Village is, like, Resident Evil 4, too. Like, oh, it's, yeah. like, Resident Evil 4, again. <laughs> like, it's, like, in so many ways, like, thematically, um, and, and, and stylistically, and even gameplay-wise, like, um, so I played through it again on hard, then I played through it again on Village of Shadows, and it was quite challenging on Village of Shadows. Um, I actually think it was really cool that they they always have this thing where you can unlock um, infinite ammo in all their games, and it, they always become very easy, even the high difficulties usually with infinite ammo. But Village was challenging the whole way through. Like the enemies, especially the Lycan enemies, are very formidable foes on the highest difficulty because they move very quickly and they can take often two magnum hits. So, hmm. yeah, I um, I, I get really intimidated by Village of Shadows. I, every time I play it, I just get like overwhelmed by how hard it is. <laughs> so I usually, for me, like the sweet spot is is hard mode. I really like uh, the difficulty of hard mode and playing through that. And but yeah, like playing through it again, uh, it really feels like Resident Evil Four too. <laughs> it really does, like with the third person mode. And uh, I, I just think that's such a joy. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because when you play through 
7, the first person mode does feel justified in the sense that like Ethan Winters, that's really just kind of like a proxy for you to project yourself into the horror. And Village does that a little bit, but it doesn't make quite as much sense for the kind of style of game they're going for. So the third person mode, I think, actually enhances the game because one, it kind of removes you a little bit from Ethan Winters and you just kind of see him as like this dad who is very persistent trying to get his daughter back. So it actually enhances my relationship with Ethan Winters, it being in third person. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I also just wanted to mention one more thing. I remember mentioning this before that like the the different villains seem to be heavily influenced by like classical horror literature. And I just noticed recently that there's a sign that says Moreau's Clinic, mm. so which implies that he is a doctor. And there's a book called The Island of Doctor Moreau. It's like a classic, like right. you know, turn of the century, <laughs> like horror literature. So like, ah, I see this. I I, I never entirely understood what they were going for with him. I was thinking like maybe Lovecraftian with this like watery you know fishing vibe but maybe yeah <laughs> yeah he's performing he's literally performing experiments on like humans to make them into wolves and lichens and stuff so yeah it fits that that moreau illusion awesome i should uh I, de- I definitely purchased the uh the dlc and i played like five minutes of it just to see what it was like and i was like oh this looks just like uh one of the remakes that's cool um, mm-hmm. so I'll have to check it out. I don't know if I'll have time to replay it in third person, but I'll, I'll give it a try. Maybe it'll give me a different feel for the game. I think the thing that it really also cemented for me was like, and I remember since when I played it the first time was other than the fact that FOV was suffocating, uh, the boss fights make much more sense. Like they, mm. the bosses feel like they are designed for a third person game. Hmm. Like the bosses move around in a way that's like hard to see in a first person game. So like yeah. it kind of felt like I was confused and had a like hard time aiming and moving with yep. them. In third person, it was like they clicked. It was like, oh, I'm playing like like a big epic boss fight in a video game. So it, I don't know. I just it clicked. It, excuse me. It clicked much better for me this this time. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also want to say too, I love how this is to, just to kind of put a bow on it. I think I like how Ethan Winters controls in third person more than Leon S. Kennedy controls in third person in RE2. Like I really love. How Ethan Winters controls in third person in this game. I feel like totally in control of my movements. So I wonder if they're going to... It's gonna... very snappy. Yeah, it's so hmm. snappy. I wonder if they're going to apply yeah. this to the 4 remake or if they're going to kind of go back to more intentionally clunky to kind of enhance the horror. But I do love how Ethan Winters controls in this game. Hmm. I thought that was really interesting, how snappy. I was like really surprised coming from RE3 where it's a little it's more sluggish. Like there's like this like this weight and acceleration. Whereas this game, it's like... You immediately accelerate, like, left, right. You can strafe. You can, like, do all sorts of circling. and Yeah. yeah, Definitely. It feels great. Awesome. All right. Well, here's the thing. If if you like Resident Evil, uh, you might also like Signalis. Yes, sir. But I feel like specifically the first Resident Evil remake. Well, the first first two Resident Evil games. Yeah, and the remake. If you like that old school... It's not quite fixed camera angles. It's more. It's using more of a Metal Gear Solid kind of style it camera. It looks so position. much like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it does. The whole game. I was um, getting so many Metal Gear vibes from this game. You know what game yeah. this this game reminded me of the most? Actually, was Near Automata. I felt a lot of Near Automata mm. in this game. The female androids. Female androids, but it also does like a really meta thing like three quarters through the way no spoilers no spoilers i'm, <laughs> I'm only gonna, two hours in this i'm just game. gonna say i'm just i'm just gonna say that as broadly as possible it does that meta thing that near near does as well hmm. yeah but no yeah i, I have to ask I love you it. later what ending you got oh yeah for sure oh, there's multiple endings yep yeah there's multiple endings yeah uh um do you want to set this game the, up kevin uh, like give, give us for somebody who hasn't seen it, what what exactly sure. are we talking about here? Uh, it's a survival horror game in, really, in my opinion, like in the style of the golden age of of uh, survival horror, which is like PS One era, intentionally alias '90s looking um, game. You can play it with tank controls if you want to, if you want to really mm. go hardcore, mm-hmm. old school. Um, so generally, fixed camera angles, um, limited item items doing puzzles, um, trying to avoid combat if possible, um, you know, resource management, that kind of stuff. 
Um, and in the setting, the maps are Metroidvania style. So it's like, it's all this whole this game is really about learning the environment and like finding, basically exploring every little area of every of every pot part of every room of every level. It's really what I found with this game. It's a lot of that stuff. So uh, very much in the style of Resident Evil. I haven't played Silent Hill ever, but I did watch that interview with Shinji Mikami talking to the Silent Hill One director, and like the Silent Hill One director was like. Konami told us to just rip off Resident Evil for this game and then make something else. And I was like, oh, really? That's I didn't know that that was the genesis of that series. So hmm. from oh. I understand that the, the mechanics are similar, um, Oren's played Silent Hill. So do you feel like that's a fair comparison? Like it's like both of them? Well, Silent Hill 2, it kind of... It, it becomes less of the classic Metroidvania and more of just like a very surreal psychological horror experience. experience. Mm. But... No, it definitely atmosphere-wise, but also really the creature designs. The creature designs yeah. are so Silent Hill, like, so That's what Silent I felt Hill. Like too. Yeah, they definitely reminded me of like the nurses and that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I think the horror is more Silent Hill in general of this game. Like what they're going for seems more about psychological elements than just body horror or monster fear, right? Yeah, I'd also say it kind of takes the whole, like, idea of being a replica and, like, not really a human mm-hmm. and, and explores the horror of that as well in a way that I thought was really... That reminded me of Nier Automata as well, even though Nier's not explicitly a horror game. But, uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. felt that. I like that a lot about this game. I actually really like the design of the characters. Um, the main character especially, I thought she had a really cool... Uh, design. It reminded me a lot of Ghost and Shell. Yes. Um, very. It, it, the game st- it reminds me of like an, an anime epic of that era. This is just something that feels like too. Like it's like mechanically like a survival horror game, but like the the presentation and the style feels a lot more like art, arty and like 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 anime art. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like well, yeah. like uh, literally like like sci- fancy sci fi anime art. I, mm-hmm. I I think it works a lot because you see these androids and they have these like you know these really kind of like beautiful anime faces you know but mm-hmm. when you fight the monsters those are just husks of what those anime girls used to be so i think it mm. really enhances the feeling of horror because you're like oh my god that used to be this beautiful like kind of waifu android but it's not anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's, um, that's awesome this game and actually all of the resident evil games i've been playing have really cemented to me i think why puzzles work in horror games and i i never like thought about this before but i think to me it's like it, it really solidifies the feeling of like you're trapped in this place and not only do you have to like fight off these nightmarish things but you also have to solve weird things to escape it makes you feel more trapped and yeah. more isolated and i think that really like works this game i think it really works and i think it worked in um the resident Evil remakes really well as well and obviously the classic games so i was like i was always thinking like why is the puzzle why do these why do these work so well and it's like is like did saw go for that is that like what saws i've never seen that movie but like is that what what those movies are like now are they kind of like schlocky i don't i don't know i've never seen them so i just i've just seen like you know presentations like people talk about it and they, they they've always seemed a little like maybe great little performance silly. by carrie elwes uh <laughs> Carrie, Carrie Elvis is in that? Of yeah. Bride? And it's like he's oh, like wow. literally like reading. It sounds like he's reading like from the script, oh. like for the first time. That's the very first uh, Saw. Yeah, it's Saw's like basically the serial killer sticks you in this place and then reads this scary thing to you and you have to try to get out, but it's going to kill you every time. So it's kind of the oh, opposite. Okay. Instead but, of surviving, you're, you're, okay. you're, you're engineering your own death accidentally. At least, if, well, at least the I first see. one, so, I think. It doesn't have so, but I do think that there really is something to the puzzle. Like I really think mm-hmm. the puzzles do en- enhance the fear, which I've never really like come to that conclusion before. But. Yeah, it's like a craftiness. It's like you, you like you're stuck in this fuck situation, and hey, you need to figure out how to get this elevator working. Like if the elevator doesn't work, you're not getting off the ground floor. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I just want to say I love the puzzles in this game. Like I think this is in terms of just puzzles, this rivals the first Resident Evil remake. Um, in terms of just like, I just love how creative some of these puzzles are without spoiling. But um, yeah, I just like that feeling of being kind of stumped. And as you said, like being stumped increases the fear because it's like, oh man, I'm running low on resources. I don't know where to go. Um, I know these enemies could re- like potentially respawn or come back to life. 
and I'm yes. out of <laughs> I'm out of flares to burn the corpses, which is a mechanic totally from Resident Evil Remake. So I totally agree. Agree. It just the puzzles are are so engaging, and the survival horror mechanics are so engaging, and they just kind of come together in this way that really enhance the fear um, and the feeling of isolation. I have to say too, I just love the 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 they ha- it has this very. 90s presentation but also this like surreal graphical strangeness of like glitching and just it's all done in a way that's very believable and cool i i I really appreciate all of those elements of it so when i first beat this game um i was kind of like huh i don't know what i think of that and then like i had to like kind of like like i had to kind of like sit on it for like a day and then i was Mm -hmm. like oh that was awesome yeah so yeah I do feel like for me the puzzles I like them. Some of them I felt like were a little too long. Mm. Like I had to like look some of them up because I felt like I was spending too long on them. Um, but for the most part, I actually did really like them. There's one puzzle I think that's like genius. That uh, if we ever do a long jump for this game, I would love to talk about this puzzle because when I first looked at it, I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "Oh my god!" Can, can, <laughs> this you, get, is can you give me a, a hint as to which one it was? Without uh, it has to do with it has to do with. There's definitely bugs involved. Yes, that puzzle was incredible. I like yeah. almost lost my mind at that puzzle. Oh my hmm. god, what a genius puzzle! That was incredible. That was that's like as good as the like the the clock tower, the clock puzzle, right? With the like the two guys fighting with the short. Yes, the, you know that was that was uh, that that puzzle was such a trip because like because yeah, you had to first you had to grasp like you know being vague you had to grasp the concept of like what the clue was because you have to like kind of mm-hmm. go back through files to see like what they're talking about and then you have to like really use your powers of observation to figure out the, the, the puzzle that was mm-hmm. so great i love that puzzle what a genius puzzle um yeah, sorry i flipped really out but like i i, I lose my <laughs> shit over puzzles like that i love a great survival horror puzzle that messes with you and you feel like a genius when you figure it out <laughs> Yeah. I think when you said in an earlier pod that that the 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 good puzzles and focus on like your uh observation abilities, I think that's like exactly what it is. Like I hadn't been able to realize that myself, but like that is exactly it. Like that's like what makes a good one. So like there's a couple puzzles that are trial and error. At least that I maybe I like missed something but in this game and I didn't like those ones. But like all the ones that were observational, I was like this is incredible. These are these are great. Especially that one. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it, uh, one other thing I want to say about this game, and I'm sorry, Aaron, if we're hogging all of this. No, 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 no. I'm here for you guys. Uh... <laughs> well, uh, I'll just say one thing, and then I'll throw pass the ball to you. But um, you were you were talking about like uh, the story a little bit, uh, Kevin. I feel like I still don't totally understand the story, but I'm okay with that, and I like that I'm okay with that. An- another game that gave me that feeling was Returnal. After Returnal's credits mm-hmm. rolled, I was like, I didn't really t- totally understand that, but like, it weirdly makes sense, and I have my own interpretations of it. This game does the same thing, and I just yeah. I just like that style of storytelling that doesn't totally, like, completely connect, but like, it, I, I, but it allows you to fill in the gaps, you know, kind of like Mulholland Drive. That's another obvious example. So, um, but Signalis definitely gave me that feeling. So briefly on that on that topic, I read that Silent Hill was heavily influenced by David Lynch. Yeah, I, that's like a big part of what like Lynch and Stephen King apparently like were the two. Do you think that's is that accurate? Yeah, which is funny because Alan Wake is also like those are the two influences <laughs> for Alan Wake. <laughs> Uh, it's just basically uh, dudes that came up in the 90s uh i I, you know they read stephen king and watched david lynch makes sense yeah it's but yeah silent hill 2 is um silent hill 2 is definitely like uh one of those horror masterpieces that is worth playing it's short too it's only like six to seven hours long but it, it, it has the puzzles it has the atmosphere the story is excellent um mm. it's the it's the whole so shebang can I just ask you briefly what you thought of the, the reveal for Silent Hill 2? Like, can I just make that really small? I'm just like, because you played the oh, game, the and I haven't played the yeah, other for the for Bluebird. I just like, I, I just can't. I can't I don't know, this is a tangent. I'm sorry. I just, I'm so curious. Just like, did you like it? Yeah, I love the twist in Silent Hill 2. Okay, um, but no, the, the trailer. But the the trailer for Bluebird. Yeah. The, oh, the trailer for Bluebird. 
Yeah, yeah the remake. I I don't want to play it because <laughs> there's a couple. Okay, re- there's so you a, didn't like it. There's a couple okay. reasons why I don't want to play it. One, I, the medium is one of the worst games I've played in the past few years. So like, yeah. my, and and the direct creative director of the medium is doing Silent Hill two, the the remake. So. I'm already just not interested because the medium is basically a Silent Hill game, but the story is bad. The puzzles are bad. It's very handholdy. There's no atmosphere. So I feel like he's going to apply that gameplay philosophy to Silent Hill 2 remake in a way that's very unsatisfying. And there's already things in the trailer that I immediately don't like. Like in uh, Silent Hill 2, the first shot, of Sunderland's face, he he. It's like very stoic, very ghostly. Like he feels, you know, like out of time. And then in the trailer, he just looks really distressed. He just looks like any other horror protagonist. Like, oh, why am I here? It's mm-hmm. like that's not interesting. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible characterization. Mm-hmm. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, that's my Silent okay. Hill two rant. Rant. You guys should okay. maybe play it, but you should really should play the original with an emulator if you have oh yeah i've got i've got i have the ability to do that actually i have or i have like a uh a fixed pc version that re-implements all the missing features from the playstation 2 version i guess i don't know zach actually well somebody hooked me up with that (laughs) well well, i will say that i watched the resident evil 4 remake reveal like two days after the silent hill 2 remake reveal and that was so much more impressive like oh my Mm. god that looks good Silent Hill 2 remake doesn't look good in my opinion, unfortunately. Uh, Wrapping up really quick on Signalis, I played about two hours of it. Uh, I I loved it when I first played the demo. I was like, oh, this is this is definitely game of the year material. It's I think the thing I like about it so far is a I love I love that old school uh, style Resident Evil one and two that that basically just fell off the map after two thousand one, and I'm glad that indie studios are picking up where we're not going to get games like that from Capcom. Uh, and I love that at the beginning of the game, it makes you climb down a hole and then into a hole. I've had so many nightmares about climbing into ever constricting tunnels. So like having you have to crawl into a hole to like really enter the first base was like, was like a good sort of, uh, beginning piece. I, I don't know. I thought that set the, the mood quite nicely. That's like that too. And the King in yellow. King in yellow. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that 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 a uh, hole. I feel like is uh, there's a really famous sequence in Silent Hill two involving mm. that. So hmm. yeah. Okay, interesting. So it's kind of an Easter egg, I guess. I thought yeah. it was an Easter egg to my nightmares, but <laughs> <laughs> I well, I liked yeah. that part too. I thought that was very like like you're gonna go down here. Yeah, with yeah. those steps. I wouldn't go down this. Uh, and I love the occasional first-person moments that are just like, oh, this this looks like Alien Isolation in like the coolest possible way. Like, there's some really great style and polish in this game, which which is uh, bringing it to the next level. Unlike something like Tormented Souls, which was doing a similar thing, but I felt like polish wasn't there in in some critical ways. So the yeah. the scene of going into the hole, going past the gate, going into the hole, and then going into the room mm-hmm. felt very 2001 mm-hmm. to me. I was like, oh, ah. Did, did you have that feeling too or thought? No, but I see it now that you say it, yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, it's an interesting transition. Yeah, all right. Uh, that was Signalis. I think we might we might con- consider doing a long jump on that. Um, Breath of the Wild is the only game I've really been playing much of. I mostly play it while the baby's sleeping next to me. Uh, having played more of it, I my estimation of it has only improved. I really think it's it's a great game for playing in 15-minute chunks, which is often what I have. It's like a game where you can play for 15 to 20 minutes and you will get something interesting done. You will find something interesting. You'll have a little mini-adventure. Um, you don't have to be totally immersed. I think it's crazy to think that that game came out, what, six years after Skyrim? And I think of Skyrim as being kind of like a quantum leap in open-world like like world design in complexity, and this game is just like way more interesting and complex than than anything Skyrim could serve up so very it's a pretty it's a good game I mean not that this is exactly new news but yeah Breath of the Wild has been it's I recommend for people who don't have a lot of time and can only play stuff in 15 minute increments it's a perfect game for that 
because you, you yeah. won't be you won't be like when I try to play Signalis, I need like an hour and a half, right? I need like a good uninterrupted chunk. So it's harder to find that. But like for this, this it's been really good for that. So, yeah. Um, Oren, you want to set up what we're about to do? Sure. Um, we, well, we're getting into game of the year territory and uh we only we're, we're probably gonna do our gaming of the year in like maybe two months maybe less maybe more than that i don't know yeah i think i think early mid-january is, is a good time right that way we could yeah we could play enough stuff yeah enough time to sit on things yeah so basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through the uh, our favorite games of the year so far in chronological ish order um and uh it'll be ish. fun <laughs> Yeah, chronological. I, I fucked up. You're perfect. Sorry about that. I think Oren had like a perfect chronological order. I started throwing games on the list in there. They're kind of there. They're kind of in the right spot. Uh-huh. Eh, whatever. It's fine. You know what? If uh, Gran Turismo came out like three months before Elden Ring, that's cool. If not, that's okay too. We're still going to talk about it. Um, but yeah, we're just going to briefly talk about each game. We'll try to keep it short, maybe like two minutes max three minutes max for each game but maybe even less than that but we're just gonna do a yeah. quick run through of some of our favorite games of the year up until november the, the first week of november yeah and also i threw on here a couple of things that i want to try to be intentionally spend a little bit more time with like give us a second chance or a first chance but uh so there'll just be quick mentions awesome. um all right so dying light 2 kevin do you want to talk about that really quick uh, sure. Uh, Dying Light 2, the sequel to Dying Light 1. Uh, First-person zombie survival RPG. Um, well-made, fun. Has deeper mechanics in the first game. Um, has better traversal mechanics in the first game. Story, I don't know if it's good or not, to be honest, but I don't think that's why I'm playing it anyways. Uh, fun game. I would like to try it and co-op with someone because it's a four-player co-op game, but I don't know anyone who wants to play it. So. Oh, I'll, cool I'll, game. I'll try to play it with you sometime <laughs> before the year ends. <laughs> I put that on here because I want to spend a little more time with it. I did like what I saw, but it definitely was a little demanding on the front end. And sometimes when a game has like a hefty set of de- like learning demands on the front end, it can be a little challenging to get the momentum going. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, it's a good open world game. Yeah. And, and the ray tracing is really nice. And I don't know. It's, it's cool. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard of this one. Elden Ring. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's going to be like pretty high like how can like I, I here's the thing like i need to always keep recency bias into consideration for game of the year yeah but, like i always forget like elden ring completely dominated my life in march and for like early months. april like, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah like between yeah the last week of february through like the middle of april like it was like always i was thinking about and i just uh i still think it's the best open world game ever made i think i can pick at its flaws mm-hmm. um especially in like the last 10 hours of that game but like overall like it was a magical experience in a way that few triple a games really truly give me anymore so i definitely think it's going to place it very highly on my top 10 list yeah yeah agreed agreed uh weird west is that do you think that's going to place on on your list i put that with a question mark i, I want to recheck that out i played it for a few hours and it, it didn't hit as hard as i'd hoped but um, I would like to give it another chance. It has uh, it has one really good story in it involving the pig guy, in my opinion. Mm. Um, yeah. But I just thought it had a couple of critical game design things that kept it from greatness. The main one being, I don't think rotating between five different characters worked for that game. I think it would have been better if they you just picked one um, and then went from there. But... I thought it was good. It's not going to make my top 10 list, but um, I liked it well enough. All right. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 is exactly what you think it is. It's a it's a beautiful, well-crafted driving game with some slightly shoddy free-to-play. Not free-to-play, but uh, pay-to-win. I don't know. Some some uh, monetar- monetization mechanics that I, I don't love. But um, it hasn't really hurt my enjoyment of the game. It'll probably be like 10 on my top 10. You know what I mean? Like It'll make the list, sure. but but just barely, but it's for what it is. It's totally a great version of that. Uh, the Stanley parable ultra deluxe. Ooh, need to play this still. Mm. This is, this, uh, this is definitely on my top 10 list. Uh, 
one of the honestly like this might be the funniest game i've ever played like games don't typically Mm -hmm. make me laugh this one made me laugh like on a scene to scene basis like i was like laughing my ass off so for that alone i commend you stanley parable you are a funny ass game yeah (laughs) yeah i'm gonna put a little mark aaron needs to finish that i started it and then i i don't other things got in the way i want to say maybe elden ring but um yeah Stanley it's, Parable. Uh, it's, it's like four right hours long you know it's yeah super it's short so. it's probably the baby will love it um <laughs> uh so v rising kevin do you think this is going to make your list i, I know it's sure. still early um, access so maybe it's incompletion yeah, disqualifies it's not it. actually out yeah i do think it's a really cool setting I like the presentation a lot I like the music and all that good stuff i uh I don't know. I'm not sure. I like it. And just I like to, it. Yeah, this is this but is I'm a like, I, yeah. early access survival game. game. So yeah. co-op game. It's a good with co-op vampires. game. Um, with vampires and yeah, base building and all that stuff. Uh, all right, Sniper Elite Five, the 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 Hitman sequel that we, the the the, the Hitman Metal Gear Solid sequel that we that we always mm-hmm. wanted and and finally got. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I love Sniper Elite 5. It's definitely going to be on my top 10 list. Um, maybe the best multiplayer experience I had this year, um, mm-hmm. and uh, which I played a little bit with Aaron. And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I, I love that game. Very. Um, I feel like no one's talking about it in a way that's kind of makes me sad because I feel like it's uh, it, it deserves more love. It's one of the best it's underrated. games of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, it will definitely be on my top ten, maybe a little higher because some qualms about level design, but super fun multiplayer. Kevin and I, you and I, Oren had some fun playing it. Um, it's it's a killer game. Awesome. It's good. I like how it's like World War II schlock too. Yeah. I actually really like <laughs> yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I think that's gotta really kill really the good. Nazis before they <laughs> yeah. blow up Jupiter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's good stuff. <laughs> Um, Iron Lung, I think only I played this. This is a like less than an hour game, bite size. I project it like feels so complete and like tells a really good story and is really engaging. And like for that whole hour I played it, I really liked it. And I like the idea of bite sized, intriguing games like this. So this will probably maybe this will be number ten on my list. But I definitely really liked it and I strongly recommend it. Uh, you guys should check it out if you find the time. But uh, yeah. Kevin, I put this on here for you, uh, and uh, I, I want to spend more time with it myself. Postal Brain Damaged. This game is better than it has any right to be. It really was really what it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I, like, how is there a good Postal game? I feel weird even endorsing that, like I've mentioned before, but it's, it's a really well-made game. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of the better retro shooters. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I was having a good time. It's just like a crazy good year for the, uh, for the retro shooters. And um, that's definitely one of the one of the better ones. Uh, Escape Academy. Yes, Escape Academy, another like lock for my top ten. I just think that was a wonderful little game, um, very unassuming in its ambitions, but it just to me like the way I describe it to to, to, to people, it's like the first Resident Evil game, but you take out the horror elements and you just made it about the puzzles. Um, mm-hmm. So I found it to be a very fun, like four to five hour experience on Game Pass, that uh, for sure will be in my top ten. Awesome! Uh, another Game Pass favorite, Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, this is me again. Uh, Power Wash Simulator is like a lock, not just for my top ten, but for my top five. I think Ooh. that is the most surprising video game I played this year. Did not think you could make power washing engaging, but it ended up being an absolute blast. I put 60 hours into it. Did co-op with uh, with a friend of mine. Mike loves it. Um, the, I, I just think it's a wonderful game. Um, like a Game Pass favorite and a Steam favorite. Awesome. Awesome. Kevin, you really connected with the quarry, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. Uh, I really, this is probably my top five. I, I would say Postal Brain Damage as well, actually. Um, yeah, I think this is really good. I'm, I'm a big fan of super massive games, and this game kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I forgot that they were making games in their style with other publishers, because everything that they've been making since Until Dawn has been in the Dark Pictures anthology with Bandai Namco, but this is a 2K game, unrelated to those games, even though mechanically and presentation is very similar. 
So, uh, yeah, I think it's great. Um, it's like potentially, I, I don't know what their best game is, but it's like, I think you could make the case that it's probably their best game. I think the most people would like this game of all the other games. <laughs> um, so, hmm. yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's like all of their games start off as one thing and then they present it as this kind of like teen drama and they always have this huge shift of like, well, that's not what I expected this to go. Um, <laughs> I would love to talk about that with some of the other games, but uh, you guys just have not played them, so... Mm. Yeah, this this game goes places you wouldn't think it would, um, as they always tend to. So, uh, a really a really fun uh, interactive movie horror game, totally worth totally worth playing. Cool. Uh, continuing the trend of interactive movies, choose your own adventure type games. As dusk falls, not a game I expected to like, but I had a really good time with. Uh, me and my partner played through it, and um, I thought it told a good story. It was. It, reasonably well paced it, it was it was pretty good like it had some some good gut-wrenching moments that made you make some of those hard decisions and it felt like there was a lot of uh flexibility with the narrative in terms of stuff that you did had had consequences uh awesome. cult of the lamb cult of the lamb is an interesting one i think cult of the lamb will be on my top 10 list but i do think the bugs really held it back um, when I played it, it was it's probably it's one of the buggiest games I've played in recent memory, and uh, I don't know. I thought the game would stick with me more, but it, it feels more and more like a flash in the pan the more I get away from it. But I still liked it. I think again, it'll probably be like number nine or ten on my top ten list. Yeah. Okay. Um, I put Roller Drum on here. I actually don't think it will make my top ten list. I did like this game, and I, I liked what it was trying to do, maybe slightly better than its execution. The idea of, of sort of like a Quake 3, Doom Eternal, Tony Hawk kind of game sounds perfect on paper. It didn't always feel as flawlessly as you would want those three source materials. Like all three of those games you think of as being like really smooth playing. Sometimes this could feel a little clunky, which could get in the way. And I think if I spent more time with it, maybe that would change, but mm, I don't know. Uh, I put The Last of Us Part 1 on here. Does that count? Because that's like a remade game. I don't know. Um, I liked it a lot better than the original version of the game, but it is the same game with better graphics and way, way, way better AI and shooting. So uh, it, it might make my top 10. I don't think it's going to make our top 5 or whatever, but that's that's fine. Oren, what is this immortality? <laughs> Uh, you're pulling my leg. No, Immortality, I think, is going to end up being my personal game of the year. Um, I think that game did some cool-ass things with FMV that I found unexpected, and it tickled my brain so much as someone who just, like, loves filmmaking, loves David Lynch, loves Nicholas Rogue, loves, like, all these, like, early 70s, late 60s filmmakers, because that game taps into that time period so much. Um, and, uh, as a video game, it's maybe not one of the best games of the year, but as like a cinematic experience, it is one of the best things I've experienced this year. So immortality might be my personal favorite game of the year, but who knows? I got to play God of War Ragnarok first, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> uh, who knows now that I'm a dad, it's all going to make sense. I'm like, wow, this actually is the best game ever made. <laughs> Because, you know, I've been a dad for two weeks, so I know everything about it. Uh, <laughs> Proteus is uh early access boomer shooter that, that came out and was awesome. And uh, I think we all liked it a lot. Yeah, top five for me, easy. Yeah, yeah. I I th think, uh, one also. of the best team clones ever made, easily. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to be more top ten, but I do love it. I, I, yeah. But I think that's just the testament to how many games I loved this year. Like Proteus, I think if it came out last year, it'd be a top five. Yeah, I'm looking at this list. I'm actually, it, it's, it's, and there's still more to come, obviously. Uh, Hyper Demon is a game that Kevin and I both have. It's a sequel to Devil Daggers, which is one of, I think, the best, I don't know what type of shooter you'd call it, but like kind of retro shooter, but not, not really a boomer shooter, but, uh, Whatever it is, it's it's probably the best of its type. Hyperdemon is like that, but like amped up to some extreme. It's it's a sequel, and um, I need to spend more time with it. But I, I so that's this is more of a promise than anything. All right. Uh, Cultic. I haven't played it much. Kevin, what do you think oh, about Cultic? Cultic's great. Cultic's another top five easy. Cultic's really good. Um, since I've been on my like Resident Evil train, I have not gone back to play it, but I am 
very quickly going to go back and I have not forgotten about it. In fact, if I open Steam right now, it's highlighted as my game to launch. So like I was, I'm in the mindset to go back and play it. I think this is a really good uh, retro shooter and it's cool because it's like not just, not just doing Doom, it's doing kind of like its own thing, even though that influence is always still there. It's, it's like uh, it's Blood, Blood mm-hmm. Resident Evil. So mm-hmm. great game, fun, fun to play, good map design. Uh, we talked about it already, but Signalis, you guys see this placing? I think it, I think yes. I think Signalis might be a top three for me. Ooh. I, I, I Ooh. really love Signalis. I think it's uh, okay. I think it, I think it's one of those games that just works on every level. It works because uh, I feel like you can't say the same thing with a lot of Resident Evil games. Like sometimes Resident Evil games have amazing gameplay but a bad story, mm. or like a great mm-hmm. story and bad gameplay. But like I think this one just has a really interesting story, amazing puzzles, great survival horror mechanics. Um, the only like big fly I had for it really was uh, I played it on controller, mm-hmm. and sometimes like the lock on aim was kind of finicky. Like it would lock on yeah. stuff that I didn't want it to lock on. That was, and like there are a couple of moments in the game where it kind of decides it wants to be an action game, and I got kind of frustrated by that because I feel like that's not what the game is. But that's like yeah. so minor because everything mm. else works so well. So I think Signalis might be at the very least a top four, if not a top three. Hell yeah. Uh, Faith is a game that's another promise for me. This is a New Blood interactive game. It looks like an Atari survival horror game made by black metal teenagers. It looks rad as fuck. Uh, I, I just need to find some time to play it. And I think it I think it could be a top 10 game for me, but I, I have to play more. Kevin, what what's going on with Bayonetta 3? Um, I've been playing that. I have not beaten it yet. Um, I'm, I, I like it a lot. I'm very frustrated that it's a Switch game because mm. it looks really bad yeah i heard there's some performance uh, issues too huh yeah it's it's i've seen twitter it sucks threads. like it's it's really sad because i think mm. it's a really cool game mm-hmm. um but like it just does not look good i don't know i'll have to beat it um to have a bit be- i'll get back to you on this um but i do i like it a lot i think it like so far it's it, you know it's bayonetta mm-hmm. it's very very well made so okay uh what is this call of duty modern warfare 2 <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I decided to take the dive and play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Um, will it make my top 10 list? I don't know. But I will say that this is one of the good ones. Like, this is a good Call of Duty game. And I say that because I also played Cold War. Mm-hmm. Cold War was not a good Call of Duty game. I thought <laughs> Cold War was bad. But this one was good. Like, it, it takes. Uh, it was interesting playing through it because it takes that Titanfall 2 design philosophy of having every or which is really the half-life 2 design philosophy of every level has its own gameplay gimmick gimmick and mm-hmm. it does it well it, it like it feels really well paced because every level has its own gameplay thing that it's introducing and uh i liked it, it it's it's good i think it's a solid like 8 out of 10 game we'll see if it makes my top 10 um but but i thought i'd bring it up um, one other thing I wanted to bring up because I forgot to put in the show notes. I did finish Scorn. Oh yeah, yeah. I did. I did not like Scorn. <laughs> 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 okay. So I thought it did some interesting things, but it just uh, the combat in that game was just deadly. It was just so bad. Mm. Worst mm. worst combat I've played in a game in recent years. But yeah, mm. Scorn unfortunately will not me- be making my top ten list. Not even close. All right. (laughs) That's a bummer. Uh, Resident Evil Shadows of of Rose, which is the DLC we're talking about. You guys like this, right? Yeah. Does this count all of the content or just the campaign for Rose? I think just the campaign. Does it count third person and the mercenaries characters too? I feel like if we're going to count Last of Us Part 1, I feel like we should count. I mean, you could put anything you want on your personal list. Yeah. Uh, if that counts everything, then yes, we, yes, this will be on my list oh, for sure. Awesome, awesome. Especially, I think I'd put this over uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. Too. <laughs> so, if we're counting the whole package, I, I uh, another thing I want to say about the Shadow of Rose DLC. I know we talked about it a lot. Um, I thought it was scarier than the original Village campaign. I, I thought it was very tense, which is weird because when you see the trailers, it looks like a Kingdom Hearts like style anime game. 
kind of like with a really cheesy storytelling and like dad are you there like all that crap but like the actual yeah. gameplay was really tense so that was another thing yeah. I liked about Shadow Shadows of Rose I saw that Niccolo said sure. in the uh, discord that he, he got legit scared from this is that what he said yeah that the, the DLC scared him so that's cool there's that's one, a good again, there's one that, it's that one sequence that's brilliant it's okay. a brilliant yeah. sequence okay. yeah it's the one part uh, I also put Vampire Survivors, which is another game I just kind of want to promise to play. It's coming to Xbox soon. It's, the game already has like 140,000 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam, and it's only been out for a couple days, or for a couple weeks, I guess. So maybe you guys want to check that out too. I don't know. Uh, it's it's definitely a, a bit of a hype game right now. I also put Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which is supposed to be really great and really and connects somewhat to Kevin's laughing at Chronicle. Because you called it Chronicle, like Chronic. <laughs> like the Chronic, the Xenoblade Chronic, man. Uh, Chronicles. <laughs> uh, the Chronicles of, of Xenoblade. But uh, I'm probably going to pick that up because I could play it in portable mode on the uh, Switch and, uh, you know, when I'm watching the baby. And that might be kind of nice. Uh, it looks good. It, I, I, hear, I don't know. I've heard good things, I'm, so I might check that out. Um, I haven't played a JRPG successfully in a long time, so it may be in folly. Mm. I always say I'm going to play like a new G- JRPG, and I just never do. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to yeah, play... Yeah, like a dragon. That's well, yeah, that's the one. But like Tales of Arise, I was going to start playing it, and I played the demo, and I was like, nope, I'm not playing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not same. playing. Same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how I felt with that demo. I was like, this is... Yeah, I was like, no way. This is... <laughs> forgive me for saying this. Here. Too anime for me. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's I, I, just... Yeah, I also felt that way about Scarlet Nexus. I was like, nope. Not mm. doing <laughs> I, Those games, like, I can't... I couldn't tell you what the difference is between those games. I know they're distinct and unique, but... They, Actually, I mix them up all the time, too. Like, so. I'm just like, they came out around the same time. They're both JRPGs that are just, like, crazy, really pretty anime graphics. Um, and I don't they all know. have the right. plot of, uh, we have to fight the darkness with the light, or else the darkness will consume us all. Oh, man. Mm. Uh, well, that was our Game of the Year contender in chronological-ish order check-in. So... In two months, we'll see how how things shake up, what we played, what we didn't, where things fall. We will award uh, best hair in a video game. Who's going to win that, Kevin? It's only, there's only one candidate, right? Bayonetta three. Yeah, Bayonetta three, best hair in a video game, right? Uh, um, I, I like I like, I like Ethan Winter's hair. I think he has good. <clears> hair. I'm gonna say Ethan Winter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's, he's got some of that cool kind of like, you know, yeah. Uh, all right, guys. I think I think I gotta run. If if you want to keep going, feel free. But uh, I think I think that was a pot. But good stuff. All right, we're gonna talk about Shadows of Rose for three more hours, same length as the game. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, just like detailed close read. All right, then you yeah. walk into the next hallway. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Um, uh, I don't know. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll have maybe a more normal podcast, maybe some long jumps. Who knows? And uh, we got some interesting stuff coming. I guess the other thing to add to that list that, that we're obviously all going to want to check out is uh, the, the, the health. Oh, <laughs> Callisto Protocol. Callisto Protocol. Uh, yes, that uh, is going to be probably, probably, who knows? Maybe it's going to be terrible. Uh, it's kind of like a, a lot of survival horror games right now. I'm kind of thinking about playing Ragnarok. We'll see. We'll see if I actually do it. There's so much hype. There's too much hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hype is uh, the hype is a little. It's a little cringe. Let me just say that. Okay. I there, want there, people to enjoy the things they enjoy. I don't want to be a hater, but the hype is a little cringe. I don't want to like diss dads because I know you just became a dad, Aaron. But I've seen at least three takes about mm. God of War where it's like. Me as a dad loved Ragnarok. It really made me feel like you know how dads really are. Ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm seven feet tall with the bob- body the of Olympic games? god. Um, how come we don't have any mom games? Yeah, seriously. We need more uh, mom games. Uh, okay, well, I think I have to run, and unfortunately, we don't have time for for maybe quick wreck. Oren, you want a quick wreck one movie? Well, I already it's said Banshee's in, oh, that's in right. a share. So. All right. I'm gonna 
I'm going to say uh, get uh, Mama Tave's uh, Chili Crisp. Really good. You can find it online. <laughs> Kevin, do you have a quick rack? <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> and that's a podcast. Woo! All right, that's a podcast. Yeah. Check out the Discord. Right. Madden, we love you. Thank you for the awesome theme song. Check out Madden and, and, and all their awesome music. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much. Bye.